This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. The shot out of deep left field. It is high, deep, and it is a grand slam. Towards the corner, it's back, it's gone! Welcome to Slam Diego! Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Grand Slam in Padres podcast. I am your host, Dominic DeRosa, otherwise known as Dom. And uh, I'm pretty excited to announce the fact that I'm starting another podcast with um, just Padres content going throughout the season. Um, why should you listen to this podcast? Well, it ain't just going to be a typical Padres news source. It's going to be about recapping in-depth analysis of what goes down in every series and so forth. Um, so I'm providing you a lot of great info. Any uh, MLB stat guys out there like myself, you're going to really love it here too. Um, so I'm really excited to announce that this is the first episode. However, for this episode, we will keep it a little bit plain and we will have an uh, off-season recap talk about this and what went down in probably one of the best Padres off-seasons of all time. Um, so the Padres made a lot of noise, of course, and we're going to get right into it. So throughout the season and 60 games, whether you like it or not, at least we had a season, right? The Padres finished second in the NL West at 37-23. and 23. Um, They started off okay at 500, fell a little bit below very quickly, but then bounced back right away um, with some injuries Coming back, you had Hosmer going down with a non-COVID-related illness. And the team just looked good from there. Um, so making the playoffs was already a huge accomplishment for this team going into this, right? Going out and getting Eric Hosmer one year. Going out and getting Manny Machado another year. You know, you're expecting with big-time bucks to make big-time moves and get big-time, uh, you know, seasons out of it. So with this team, it really hasn't worked out until this year, and of course, 60 games does make a huge difference going into this. Now, the team, though, has made improvements throughout the offseason because they're not satisfied enough. Now, we know the rivalry with the L.A. Dodgers. Yes, it is a rivalry. Whether they're good or bad, a San Diego to L.A.D. matchup isn't going to like each other no matter what, all right? So, that's out of the picture right there. Yes, it is a rivalry. It always will be. So, San Diego... They go into the playoffs and the expanded postseason. They face the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, go down in the series 1-0 best of three, and they come back with beautiful, astonishing comebacks and win the series two games to one. Uh, unreal performances with Tatis, of course, the famous bat flip that got him to the cover of MLB The Show 21 coming out in April, and Machado having a bounce-back season, of course. So this team really stepped up big time and... It's exciting to see what the future holds. They still have great prospects going into this, and this free agency has been one of the best we've ever seen, in my opinion, um, as a young folk. So, the Padres eventually got uh, eliminated in three games, best of five, to the L.A. Dodgers in the divisional round, and of course that led to the Dodgers ultimately winning the World Series. Um, like it or hate it, if that was our team going there, look, 
we would have said it's all ringed. So you can't really say they didn't win it. We're lucky to have a season. I give a lot of kudos to the LA Dodgers out there. They finally got the monkey off their back and they won it. So Corey Seager had one hell of a playoff performance and uh, yeah, credit to them. But you know, the Padres time to strike is now. And uh, I think the Dodgers do get that. Chris Taylor Gave a lot of credit and recognition to San Diego. Otherwise, they would have slammed Diego now that we know it. Um, so, yeah, the Padres weren't on there. A very disappointing way to end a very exciting comeback, uh, you know, dream story season. But they weren't done. December 28th and 29th. Never forget those days of 2020. Before entering 2021, there was some good news out there despite a uh, worldwide pandemic. And the fact was the Padres acquired starting pitcher Blake Snell and starting pitcher Hugh Darvish on back-to-back days. In addition with Victor Caratini, uh, which is Darvish's personal catcher. Uh, so that's big time. And, you know, you have Blake Snell, a former Cy Young winner. Darvish really has been a phenomenal pitcher, especially with the Cubs. Yes, he's had those shaky days with Los Angeles at the time, a former Dodger. However, I know he was at home. He was facing an Astros team that was doing a lot of research, trash banging in Houston. Um, so, yeah, it just wasn't his time there. And you're not going to be flourishing and great everywhere you go. Um, Darvish is in his mid-30s. Blake Snell is just reaching his prime. Um, despite an average to good season, not what he went 21-5 or um, that Cy Young performance he really showed off with. So, those were two fantastic moves. I mean, this team, I remember it was Eric Lauer as the opening day starter or Tyson Ross as the one guy or Joey Lucchese. And I actually like Lucchese. However, just this Cy Young performance of Blake Snell getting you Darvish is just incredible. I mean, it's like video game. It's like you're going on MLB The Show and you're going on franchise mode and you're clicking off on all the trades um, or you're making it as easy as a setting as possible to make the trades happen. So AJ Preller uh, is the GOAT back at it again. And his team, uh, I think it all started the minute that Andy Green got fired as of last year. Um, I wanted him gone really ever since I saw him with against the Orioles in Baltimore. And he took up Ty France over a uh, uh, defensive error at second base. And I just didn't like Andy Green. He didn't have that encouragement. He didn't have that voice in the locker room, and, you know, I give a lot of credit to Jay Stingler out there, so that that's where it all started, and now that A.J. Preller sees where this team went in 60 games, he says, you know what, let's keep it going, because 162, it's going to be very hard to get back into it very quickly, um, so Darvish and Snell are now going to be the guys competing with um, uh, in that top of the rotation, and it is announced that you, Darvish, will be the opening day starter um, going into this. So I'm excited for that. I approve Darvish more than Snell. And that is weird to say. I'll get into that in a second. In fact, because Blake Snell is going to be the second day starter going to game two of 162, hopefully um, in a pandemic season. I think we are trying to open back up as a country. So let's see what we have with capacity and everything like that in uh, every different state. So Darvish is game one. Blake Snell is game two. And I do support that. Now, Blake Snell, I think, is dominant. Look what he did against the Dodgers, and that will never end. That controversial call that took him out and just everything like that. Uh, that's the reason why he wanted out of the Rays system, and that was that. So the, the Padres pulled the trigger, got freaking lucky, and did this. So I love Snell. I think he's dominant. He, of course, he's younger. He's fun to watch. Crafty left-handed pitcher. But Darvish proved me wrong. I'm going to admit that. 
Uh, Darvish, when it came down to it, right when he went to the Cubs, I thought it was so much money. It was too much. I still am going to think that uh, for any kind of pitcher. It's just so much nowadays. But for Darvish, he proved me wrong. The man is an absolute unit. He looks unhittable. He looks so good. That cutter, slider, 12-6, splitter, sinker action. Um, his fastball, too, has some a little bit of movement despite being a four-seamer. Uh, has a nice little cut to it as well. Um, so, yeah, Darvish has proved me wrong with his pitch arsenal. Everything about him. He, he knows what to throw, where to throw it, when to throw it. He's confident. Once he's on, he's on. And the fact that Victor Caratini is coming here is big, not just because he's Darvish's personal catcher, but it's always good to have depth in the catching position. Um, I support Austin Ola a ton, and I think he's going to be great despite having a fractured finger as of right now. He's coming back pretty quickly, um, but Caratini brings a switch hitting presence, a little bit of a nice pop. Um, so I like that as a backup. You, you know, you're serviceable uh, with what you do defensively and offensively. So there's that. Darvish and Blake Snell and Victor Caratini are San Diego bound. It's very exciting. A lot of prospects given up. However, they still keep their top five. They still have C.J. Abrams, uh, which I'll get into on later episodes if he gets called up. Um, I already have trade scenarios if you guys haven't checked out my website. I'll also post it uh, in the link on YouTube, and I'll let you guys know that at the end of the show too. Um, so these will be video formatted as well. Now, they weren't done here. They also got Joe Musgrove from the Pirates in a three-team trade that somehow made Joey Lucchese go up to the Mets. And that just happened. So Lucchese's now in the Mets. Musgrove is back home in San Diego. And yeah, I forget who they even really gave up. It wasn't anything big at all. So Musgrove is now a Padre. And this is good because of the fact that it brings depth and... Uh, you know, more exposure to this new rotation. Chris Paddock didn't have the best of seasons, and uh, he got rocked, but I think him going down in the starting lineup will help have these upper guys teach him how to throw a fastball again with much more of a bite to it. Um, and you got Mackenzie Gore who can get called up anytime soon. These young guns are still going to get called up. And Musgrove, he could be a six-man starter for all we know. Um, he brings a lot of depth, and A.J. Preller said, you can't go wrong with too much pitching. And he's totally right about that. He's totally right about that. When it comes to this rotation, it's fun to see it be so high up in the rankings. We're not used to that as Padres fans, right? And Musgrove just brings more depth that we needed ever before. Because look at the Dodgers. They have so much. They signed Trevor Bauer. Of course, he's overpaid, but he's still going to be serviceable. You got Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, Bruce Stark, Ratterall, so they really go in-depth, too, about it. So the Padres answered with that, and I think Musgrove is going to do really well. He has great pitch selection. He's got good control where he can hit the black. I do like this move a lot. Him in San Diego, pitcher-friendly park, let's do it. I can see it happening. Um, the Padres also signed Ha-Seong Kim to a deal, like four-year, $28 million. Uh, big move, but this one's a little questionable to me. Um, when it comes to these superstars that are coming overseas from Japan or anything like that, I do have a little bit of a fear. I give much credit to Shohei Otani, uh, Otani-san, and what he has done uh, with the LA Angels. However, it's just a different kind of game. You know, instead of throwing 93 over there in Japan, you're going to be facing 98-99 with ease um, in the MLB a lot of the time. So, has a lot of pop, plays good second base. He's uh He's a versatile, I'd say. So now the question is, after signing him for a big commitment, what do you do with Jake Cronenworth, otherwise known as Crone Zone, right? 
prone zone. There's talks that he can go in left field. Tommy Pham can go on the bench or go here every day. Get the outfield a little bit more depth. And I totally understand that. I'm all for it. However, I'm going to say it now. I do think Cronenworth uh, should eventually be at first base. And if you can get something for Hosmer, or if a team is looking for Hosmer, I know his contract is big time, you do it. Put Cronenworth at first. He's made some nice plays at first base. He's got some experience there, snatching dives and everything like that. He's a great, great player that can play anywhere you'd have to tell him to. So Cronenworth, I think, could be first. And that's only if Hassan Kim really is a good performer out there on the field. So I'm a little suspect about this um, just because, yeah, it's going to take time. Be patient, Padre fans. We've still got to be patient despite having a great team right now on paper. Uh, with some players, not every player is going to click at the same time. Just remember that. So Hassan Kim is going to be mostly at second base. Let's give him time. I will. I'm not judging him just yet, San Diego. But we're going to have to give him time here. I'm already having backup plans just in case it doesn't work out within the first year or so. So, yeah, there's that. I should, you know, partner up with AJ Preller, if anything. Um, along with, uh, you know, bench and everything like that, they got some utility back with Jerks and Profar. Now, Profar being not living up to his hype for being such a high overall pick way back in the day. He hasn't lived up to his potential with Texas, Oakland, but with San Diego... He actually has been really good. I have to give him a lot of credit. He's done his part. A switch hitter off the bat, uh, off the bench, right? Uh, Profar did a lot. Batted 290 plus. Just had good pop and opposite field pop too, which is pretty rare to see in that kind of swing that he's got. Um, but Profar really was clutch too when it came to uh, base hits and rallies. So he reminded me of Greg Garcia, except hitting from both sides of the plate. Besides Greg Garcia, I wish him the best of luck in Detroit. That did hurt me losing him, a San Diego native as well. Um, he he brought a lot of clutchness to his game, a lot of plate discipline. So I wish him all but the best of luck with Detroit. Um, so Jerickson Profar is one of the big moves out there that they got back on the bench after losing Mitch Moreland. Uh, but Mitch Moreland did okay. He's getting older up there in age. So I think Profar was the right move. And another bench bat I want to talk about is Jorge Mateo. Um, another guy who... Has a high prospect, didn't live up to his potential with the A's as of yet, with not much playing time. Mateo provides a lot of speed, pinch running situations, but he's hitting the ball really nicely in spring training. And of course, spring training is much different than the actual MLB 162 or 60 game season. I get that. But he's making his parts where he can easily make and crack the big man um, roster. I see it 100%. So I got to give a lot of credit right there to Jorge Mateo. I think he's making the spot no matter what, just because he brings a lot of depth and altitude, speed. You want that out of a guy uh, just in case there's a game-winning run and you want to replace him. He can play the outfield. He can play a lot of the infield. So he's versatile too. You got him. You got Profar as well, outfield, infield kind of guy. And yeah, this team has really got depth. Hassan Kim, Joe, uh, Jake Cronenworth. So I'm very excited. And now, for this team, there's a lot of controversy going into the bullpen. The bullpen has been really good, but they wanted to get better because they knew they were going to lose guys in the end. Now, Kirby Yates, they let him go. He went to the Blue Jays. However, he's out for the season because of the fact that he is getting Tommy John surgery. That's big time. I feel bad for the guy. I love what he did with the 40-plus saves um, and just everything he did with the Padres. Uh, I have nothing but respect for Kirby Yates. He's... 
you know, he did his part. He was one of the best closers in uh, MLB with the time, you know, with the Padres. And nothing but the best of luck uh, and a speedy recovery for um, his time with the Blue Jays. So they lost Yates as they let him walk. Now, Trevor Rosenthal, they acquired him from the Royals uh, on a trade deadline this past year. However, he won a lot of money, and he actually surprisingly got that with the Oakland Athletics. So he is now Oakland-bound. And they let him walk. However, the Padres were not done there. Despite those two leaving, they got two more guys on the books. Mark Melanson and Keone Kella. All right, so Mark Melanson, I actually really like. A lot of control. He's been doing iffy in spring training. But like I said, we'll see what really happens when it matters most in the 162 and the playoffs, right? So Mark Melanson really throws slow, but he has like a Maddox, except a relieving format where he knows how to locate. He throws nasty stuff with that sinker, um, that like that curveball. It's just disgusting what he's got. So I really like this with the control he's got. Mark Melanson is going to be a great setup man along with Drew Pomeranz. Unless Pomeranz is the closer. A lot of people forget that we have Pomeranz, I feel like. Really has had a great, phenomenal year for a left-hander. Uh, I'm glad they didn't get Josh Hader in this because of the fact that Pomeranz is fine for his age. He's proved it with that money so far. So I'm happy with that. You get Melanson, you get Pomeranz, and in my opinion, Keone Keller is going to be the new closer for San Diego. Really is good. I think he's underrated. Um, look, he, he's been with two shitty teams in Texas for a while now since they haven't been that relevant for a while. And Pittsburgh, just not that good. Uh, but Keone Keller, zipping fastball, really, really delusional you know, curveball. Um, that's got some really nice hit to it. Um, so yeah, you got that. And I really like the move. Cody Keller was cheap, uh, and he's reliable. Uh, Mark Melanson, not too much money, reliable. That's what you need. So yeah, they lost two guys, but Yates has been injury prone this past year. He struggled with San Diego. He was out for majority of it. Rosenthal, he was great. He's had, had some command issues, but hey, he led the Padres as well into making it in the playoffs. And he had a big part of being the closer. And I have nothing but respect for him as well. So there's all those kind of transactions. But the last one I want to talk about was an extension. Fernando Tatis Jr., four years, $330 million. Insane. Um, insane. This kid is just a, an absolute stud. I, I can't say it any better. I remember people were telling me before he got called up, that Vlad was going to be way better than this guy. And I just said Vlad was a little too pudgy for his size, honestly. I think we all knew that. And much credit to Vlad for losing a lot of weight, um, hitting the weight room, lost 30-plus pounds, I believe. And he looks really good right now. He's going to try and put himself back in the hot corner rather than first base. But for Tatis, kid's an absolute stud. Really fun to watch. A natural highlight reel, I would say. Uh, shortstop, he's improved on his defense, his arm. Is an absolute cannon like Machado's. And this kid, he brings the fun to baseball. He's made Machado, he's made Machado feel a lot younger. He brings the dancing, the energy, the vibe to San Diego. Uh, this kid brings it all. And he loves being there. Uh, yeah. And the only thing that scares me with this, of course, San Diego, is the fact that he uh, has not played many games under his belt, 140 um, for two years. And yes, yeah, 60 games. And he's injury prone a little bit. And luckily the other day, his non-throwing shoulder... He was just fine the next day. He just homered recently, so he's back and better than ever. Um, so, please, Padres, if you're listening, put him in bubble wrap 
and just send him off to San Diego for opening day. We can't have anything happen to our man, Fernando, El Nino, nothing like that. Um, I'm just kidding, but it's so fun to watch this kid play. I, I, I'm so happy that he's staying a Padre for life. Uh, I think we all expected this, and uh, the deal's not bad, man. I'm telling you that right now. This kid's only getting better, and the fact that we're seeing this at this young of an age, it's he's only going to get better. I'm telling you that right now. He's improved so much. Any critic that says he strikes out a lot, He's got better at plate discipline. He can't hit lefties. He's gotten better at hitting lefties. This kid is just great, and he's just getting better. I can't stop saying it because look at him. His swing, he's got one of the fastest swings in the game. His exit velo goes out like crazy. Righty-righty. Um, he specializes in just like Mike Trout. So, Tatis, mad respect for him. Um, El Nino is fun to watch. Very nice to the fan base. Very loving the San Diego community as a whole. You got to love it, man. So great things have been finally happening to San Diego after getting Hosmer, Machado, and now Tatis giving him a big extension. These three guys have big-time contracts, and let's hope they can get a World Series or more out of it. And uh, last but not least, that's what we're going to talk about. So if we have 162 full-game season, right, let's say this lasts uh, with the pandemic. We're all hoping for it, um, and I think it will happen. Of course, the Dodgers made their move and their big splash in Trevor Bauer. Overpaid uh, Mickey Mouse saw young San Diego. Am I right? Um, so, yeah, he's a good pitcher, but just he got rocked the other day. And the Padres are known to rock Trevor Bauer within his career, and they didn't have the best teams back in the day, too, when they were doing it. So, the Dodgers made a lot of moves. They have a lot of depth in the rotation. However, when it comes to their bench compared to San Diego, I don't think so. You know, they lost Kike Hernandez to Boston, and he's doing really good things right now. And they lost Jock Peterson to Chicago with the Cubbies, who is on another planet right now, uh, hitting homers everywhere. Um, so that's big. And we know the Dodgers really like utility off the bench. So those two big names could be hurting L.A. I'm being dead serious. And their bullpen, they trade away Dylan Floro. Kelly Jansen's not the same. I'm telling you. I've, I said it last year. I'm shocked they won the World Series, honestly, because of the fact that their bullpen has not been that good. But the starting rotation is what's going to carry them. Mad respect for that. Their offense is what's really loaded, of course. And it tops the Padres, but baseball, you never know what you get out of 162 and so on. You never know. That's the beauty of the sport. Uh, nothing's ever guaranteed. So who knows? A 60-game season for the Dodgers. They could have a, you know inconsistency protocol to where, bam, in 162, they are not the same like they were, and they have a slump, and in the playoffs, they do what they usually do best, and they start choking. As for the Padres in full 162, I do expect a lot out of it, just like all of you guys do, especially after acquiring both Snell, Darvish, and even, I would say, Musgrove. You're expecting a lot out of a six-man rotation. Let's say Gorg does get called up. Camposano is going to get a lot of playing time now, too, I think. Uh, besides Caratini and Nola. So this team, he's also another bench piece, I would say, Campusano. Uh, great uh, other backup catcher option, uh, but a good bat uh, presence. So San Diego, a lot of bench utility, really good offensively. Finally, it's been feeling like forever. And that was my biggest fear going into this, by the way. They were never really that good with plate discipline. They were one of the worst in the leagues, and they finally got better. They make pitchers work and work for their money, man. So that's going to be a big piece going into this year. Plate discipline, work it out. Will Myers, if he has another bounce-back season, right? 
Just build off that depth, build off that utility, and of course the rotation and the bullpen is what's going to make this team compete with the Dodgers and so on and so forth. That's what I'm expecting. Yes, I do finish. Uh, I do expect this team to finish second in the um, division, but who the fuck cares, right? Because look at the Nationals. They were a wild card team and they won the World Series. So. It doesn't matter if you win in the division or not. That shit means nothing by the time you make the playoffs. And if you choke that, you're done. They beat the Dodgers um, in the next round, the, the Nationals. Like, come on. So anyone that says out there, Padre Nation, anyone that says, oh, it's just to be second place in the division, who freaking cares? Because the playoffs is what matters. If you get through the wild card round and you go on steamrolling, you're the one laughing in the end, baby. San Diego is going to be a fun team to watch, and it's going to be a great rivalry with the L.A. Dodgers. Now, yes, I think they will finish second. I think they can tap off 100 wins, but I do see them going 95 wins total. I do see it. The Dodgers will be like 105, uh, 104, anything like that. 10 or less, uh, I see them leading that division. Uh, but for San Diego, yeah, they're going to be one of the top dogs with the Dodgers and the Braves and the Mets and the NL. So I'm excited to say that. Um, so listen, Padre Nation, this uh, this has been a great episode. Now, this is just an off-season recap. Episodes are going to be uploaded not on a scheduled basis, but more so every series after it's concluded. I'll try and get it done as quickly as possible. So they face the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks um, to start off the regular season in less than a week. And I'm excited to say that. I think you all are too. Let's hope we get 162. But after that series concludes, whether it's a three-game or four-game series or even less than that, then I'll be making episodes constantly that are published to YouTube, um, Twitter, uh, and follow me on Twitter as well, the Grand Padres. Um, Spotify, you can, of course, listen, Grand Slam and Padres. Um, check out my website. I'm going to be making blogs on there as well. Uh, but this has just been an off-season recap. So expect episodes to come after a series basis is what I'm going to like to call it. Um, we're going to really get in-depth about um, what we see, what we know, and go into a breakdown. Kind of like what John Boy Media does except Padres edition. And talk about the scenarios that led them to this uh, win or this loss. And what they can really focus on and do better with. So this podcast is going to bring a lot of different variety to you Padre fans. It's not just going to be the same basic news. And of course, I will bring that to you, but it's going to be a lot of in-depth about gameplay, highlights, and everything like that. So Padre Nation, please feel the love. Follow me on Twitter. You'll see episodes there. Uh, I'll be posting the YouTube ones as well there, as well as my website links. Um, so Grand Padres is the Twitter. Thank you guys for listening. And I'm excited for opening day and getting more episodes out to you guys so soon. So let's hope we get a good series win against the Diamondbacks. And let's look at Darvish and Blake Snell and start off the season strong. All right, Padres Nation. See you after opening day.